the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from the Playdraft Studios, with your hosts, Mike Wright, Ben Cummins, and Chris Meany. Oh, Ben Cummins, Chris Meany, two of the best DFS experts in the business the most highly accurate and also entertaining guys. But listeners, you now finally get the best host in the business. Mike, the fantasy hitman right is not here. You're welcome. Uh, I am your host for today, Jason Moore from the Fantasy Footballers Podcast. I'm excited to be here while Mike takes care of taking his boy to his first NFL football game. Tonight, uh, while we are recording before the Thursday night football game, it should be a good time. And uh, let me just give a little introduction here. Let's say you're new. Let's say you haven't been listening, haven't been winning all these DFS uh, leagues you're in thanks to this show. We have Ben Cummins, who is one of the most up-and-coming guys. He's been with the Fantasy Footballers brand for a long time. Here's, Here's something that not everybody knows about. Uh, the fantasy footballers have Ben Cummins. Oh, Ben Cummins got everyone tried to steal Ben Cummins away. Everyone was like, "I gotta have Ben. I gotta have. He's the he's the up and comer." And they tried to say, "Hey, Ben, why don't you uh, leave the fantasy footballers? Come over to us." And we said, "Never." And Ben said, "Never." And if you're out there listening, competitors, never gonna happen. And of course, Chris Meany. If you go back and look at DFS rankings over the last several years tracked by fantasy pros, he is one of the most accurate experts out there, which is really at the end of the day, this is what matters, right? We got to get stuff right. We've got to know what other people don't and make some money. So how are you two boys doing? How are you doing, Chris? Tell, tell me your feelings, your emotions, your, your personal stance. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, you're not going to lie. I like me some Mike, but I mean, you, you brought a different a- atmosphere here to this podcast, a new tone. I'm excited, man, to get in there and talk some football with you. Always a pleasure for sure. And just love to be a part of this podcast. I think it's one of the funnest ones. Going. And I love it oh, because I've been following Jason's redraft struggles this year, <laughs> and I'm so excited for him to get some DFS therapy, even though oh. Arizona, what are you doing? Make this legal. It is fun. Let these boys do what they love. But at least for one night tonight, we're going at it. All three of us and Jason gets to start with a clean slate and has everybody at his choosing. No more Devontae Freeman on IR ruining his season. Yeah, look, I I hate to admit, you know, we, you, you come and you listen to a fantasy football show to get the best information. And I hate admitting that in my main league of record, I am now one and five, even though that is a super team that is great and keeps just losing these matchups. Uh, but you're right. Here, every week is a new week. If I lost last week, it doesn't matter. I can go out and put the best team out. We were talking before the show, Ben. DFS is such a fun thing because it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle exactly. that every week you get to you get to figure out the the you know the price versus the player versus the matchup versus the weather versus everything to make the best picks and uh, you know it's it's funny the season is going well for me right now I'm uh, top ten ranked uh, in accuracy nice. I was Yay. number three in the draft season but none of that matters when you lose in your home redraft league so <laughs> DFS for the win and this <laughs> this show is DFS for the rest of us it's for the people 
to uh, help give an edge. Now, we are going to get right in to the first segment. I want to explain it before we get there. We're going to talk cash games. And if you are new, because this is DFS for the rest of us, not for the Sharks, we want to help everybody. The cash games, if you're talking FanDuel, DraftKings, these are games where it's it's basically 50-50. You are going up and you just have to – it's it's about as much not losing as it is winning. As opposed to the tournaments where you've got to have the low-owned, high upside, you've got to finish in the top percent, this is just put out – the dadgum best roster. Just look at look at the prices, look at your team, and find the ones that are going to come through and stack the best values. Is that a, is that a fair, accurate description of that cash? That is a fantastic oh, description. You want reliability. That's what you want. Looks like we well, found our host for the rest of the year. <laughs> You're darn right. Let's get into it. Straight cash, homie. We're going to start with the quarterbacks. And because Ben and I, looking looking at his picks, might have some beef, might have some back and forth, we're going to start with Chris Meany in a cash setting. What are some quarterbacks you're going after, Chris? Jason, you're killing it in, in, the, in the rankings, and I hope you have Carson Wentz and Jared Goff ranked pretty high this week. I love both of these quarterbacks. These are two young, phenomenal quarterbacks and great offenses, and we saw it last week for the first time really all year with Philadelphia. We remember last season, this offense was one of the best in the game. They were very efficient inside the red zone. They didn't turn the ball over. That's what we saw last week. I'll be, it was against the New York Giants. Fine. Okay. Um, but still – very efficient inside the red zone. Like I said, they did not turn the ball over. Wentz just improving every single game. A season high, three touchdowns last week, over 300 passing yards in two of his last three games. And he tossed three touchdowns in a matchup in Carolina last season against this Panthers defense. So really just not blowing me away, certainly. They've allowed multiple touchdown passes in each of their past four games to quarterbacks. And then there's Jared Goff. Yes, he loses one of his weapons in Cooper Cup, who's not going to play in this game. He still has such a strong floor and a great matchup. And a lot of the high totals this week are in prime time, right? And they're not in the main slate. So the Rams have the second highest total of the week at 31 and a half. Obviously, that has a lot to do with Todd Gurley. But the 49ers have allowed the eighth most passing yards and fantasy points to quarterbacks so far this season. Five of the six quarterbacks that they faced have put up at least two touchdowns and 23 fantasy points. And three of the six have put up at least 300 yards and three passing touchdowns. So feel really good about Jared Goff and still some of his weapons and Cooks and Woods and obviously Gurley leading the league in touchdowns. And he catches a few balls as well. So it just adds to the floor and the safety of Jared Goff. Yeah, no, I mean, if, if you haven't listened, which clearly you didn't, Chris, uh, to our main <laughs> show, Jared Goff, he is my number three ranked quarterback this Ooh. week, and he is my start of the week. So I am in complete agreement. And, and you know, Wentz is a great play. Goff is where I'm putting my money this week. I, I, I do believe, even though Gurley will have a monster game, some of that will probably come through the air as it has over the last couple seasons. Love the Jared Goff pick. And, and, and you're exactly right. So this week, so many of the high profile players are just not in the main slate. So if we're talking main slate for DFS, oh, you just can't pick them. I, I actually went through uh, our DFS, the fantasy footballers DFS pass, the ultimate DFS pass at ultimate DFS pass. No, it's just at DFSpass.com. I should know our own URL. But yeah, if, if you want to check it out, go to DFSpass.com. I was browsing through our tools. 
and I'm looking at all these names. I'm writing down a list of guys I want to build my roster with this week and, and guys that I believe in. Oh, what a value. <laughs> Just unbelievable. And then I and then I start building my roster and I start scratching all these guys <laughs> out. No one is in the mm-hmm. main slate, but you can still take advantage of those names in the other games. Um, definitely recommend checking out the DFS pass. In fact, before coming on, I was like, man, these, t- these tools are great. And you guys have been killing it on your articles in the DFS past last week, you had Tyler Boyd and Sanu and Chester Rogers, Godwin, all who came through with touchdowns. You were beating the drum on Jameis Winston and Njoku. It was a great week for the DFS pass, and I thought, you know, I think you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you guys have had a 10% off coupon for the DFS pass? Yes, we Is have. That correct? That's correct. <laughs> yeah, and I said... No one can yes. stop me. I'm the host today. I'm making a 15% yes. oh, off coupon. Yes. And the coupon code is Jason. So now I know if, you, if you're listening and you're like, yeah, I'm going to try that DFS pass out. I mean, look, you're going to win all your money back anyways. Save 15% off up front. Check that out. All right, Ben, let's get into the uh, the more questionable quarterbacks for a cash game pickup. Prove to me why your quarterbacks, namely – C.J. Beathard is worth my money. All right. Well, let's do it. Well, first of all, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, my top two guys in the cast article. So always nice when we agree. Always very fun there. But let's kind of get the argumentation going because we talked about this at the beginning of the show, Jason. You brought it up like DFS is a puzzle and it's so much fun, especially when prices are incorporated. And that's why we're talking about C.J. Beathard and Joe Flacco here, because I think that this is a week where You know, in general, I do like to pay down at quarterback if there's options in cash. And I do think that there's a couple options that allow us to do that. And that is Beathard. Right now, I'm playing CJ Beathard in cash. And the main reason I, you know, I stick to kind of DraftKings, Meany does a little bit more FanDuel. On DraftKings, he's $4,800. And that just gives you so much salary savings. When he's thrown for at least 245 yards and two touchdowns in all three of his starts so far this year, we know that the 49ers are going to have to throw to keep pace with the Rams. And the Rams' defense haven't been unbeatable this year. They're middle of the pack in passing yards allowed per game and past DVOA. So I think there's enough there, especially with that salary relief, to lock him in playing at home and then go get some of these other studs. And then we also have Mr. Flacco, who's also – in a good matchup, in an even better matchup, the Saints rank 30th in passing yards allowed per game and 30th in pass DVOA. He's at home as well. And actually, Flacco and the Ravens offense has has performed better than expected this year. Flacco's tied for 11th in the league in passing yards per game, and the Ravens offense is 9th in yards per game and 10th in total points scored. So when you add the matchup on top of that and the fact that he's only $5,400, not that much more expensive than Beathard, I think you have two cheap options here. If when you're putting your team together, it's like, oh, well, I'm paying for Gurley and I really want this high price wide receiver. Well, I can't afford Carson Wentz, even though I think he's going to have a great game. Okay, well, these are not bad pivot options, in my opinion. Sure, I, I do get some of that. I mean, I've got John Brown as my wide receiver start of yeah. the week, so that bodes well for Flacco. And I'm glad you bought, brought up the truth about the Rams' defense because even yes. though they came into the season just looking unbelievable, ever since Aqib Tlaib went down and Marcus Peters hurt his Achilles a little bit or his calf or whatever but then played through it, 
that dude sucked. I mean, he's straight up. He needed to take a month off, rest, and then get back out, but he did not, and the Rams are paying the price. Bethard's looked okay, so uh, not my absolute favorite, but I, I get it if you want to put your money elsewhere. And uh, when we when we get to the look, the main battle at the end of the show, you'll Ooh. see that the, I'll, I'll bet we have done just that. All right, running backs. This is, you know, look, the big dogs in a cash game. These are probably the most important ones to get right. So, Chris, who you got? Yeah, I'm going to lean with Ezekiel. It's the same thing I said last week. Now, you know, Todd Gurley had had a great performance, but if you pivoted off him and played Melvin Gordon, you saved some, yourself some cash and you were fine. And it's it's very similar this week. Obviously, Gordon is playing that early game in London at 9.30 Eastern. He's not going to be part of this main slate. And, and what a year he's had. But for Ezekiel Elliott, it's just a, it's a nice pivot off Gurley because there's just a huge price difference. It's $1,700 cheaper to play Zeke on DK and $1,800 cheaper on FanDuel. He's second in yards, carries obviously behind Gurley. He does have more catches than Todd Gurley and Football Outsiders has Washington's defense as the third worst against the run. Elliott has had at least 20 carries in his last three games. He's averaging 27 touches over that span. So it's just volume and opportunity. He's had 50 0.4% of Dallas's touches on offense. It's absurd. The offense goes through him. I know they run at, a, at just a slow pace. They slow the clock down. I get all of that. Uh, I'm not concerned. I think Zeke is just a lock for touches. That's what I'm looking for. And then Sonny Michelle, and this may be, it might jump off the page as, as a pretty tough matchup. Obviously, the Bears are, are pretty good against the run. It was one of the best defenses in football. I, I'm, I'm going to obviously admit that. But 3.9 yards per carry, the fourth fewest rushing yards per game. And, and Football Outsiders actually has them as the best rush defense in the league. But I'm taking a look at the schedule here, and I'm seeing week one, Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery, whatever. Chris Carson was hurt a little bit. Rashad Penny, not a lot going on there. DJ week three, Cardinals didn't know how to use DJ then. Not sure if they know how to use him now, uh, but they certainly didn't in week three. And then Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones in week four. And then all of a sudden we have last week uh, when we see 167 rushing yards between Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake. I feel pretty safe about Michelle and, and James White in this contest, which is a high total. Michelle has had at least 19 touches and 100 yards from scrimmage in each of the last three games. He already is second in the league in red zone rushing attempts with 21 when really he's just been a part of this offense for three weeks. Like Rex Burkhead was around. He struggled at first. He he missed most of training camp with a knee injury, was already behind the eight ball with the playbook. He looks good. This offense is looking really good as well. So Michelle knows touches an opportunity. I just feel like with Michelle right now with these red zone opportunities, it's a lot like Garrett Blunt a couple of years ago when he just blew everybody away with red zone opportunities and touchdowns. Yeah, look, Sony Michelle, he's on the Patriots. He could score a lot. I am personally afraid of the Bears. I, I like that you laid out who they actually faced because when you're still only six weeks in, uh, numbers can get really yes. skewed, you know, especially if you're talking you – know, a lot of times tight end. You know, certain teams don't utilize the tight end. Right. And so if, you know, four of your six games were against that position, it's like, oh, we're so good. We haven't given up any yards. We also haven't faced any tight ends yet. So I, I get that. I think you're going to have to be right there. I think Chicago's going to have to be not actually that good against the run for Sony Michelle to – truly thrive because my fear is that the Patriots are going to come out and do what they do where it says oh you're bad against the pass good against the run mm-hmm. you know what we're just going to pass 100% mm-hmm. of the time um so you know we'll we'll see how that one bears out Ben who's your big stud are you going all the way to the tippy top 
for a cash yep, game? Yep, that's exactly what I'm doing. Meany's talking about the savings there for um, going from Gurley to Elliott. How about you just play both? That's what I'm doing. And we were talking a little <laughs> bit before the show started. Um, some of the mistakes that I've made in cash a little bit this year is paying for those like those second tier workhorse running backs, the Joe Mixons, the Christian McCaffreys, and having Gurley and Alvin Kamara and guys like that kill me week in and week out. And I don't want that to happen again. And I think that it's affordable enough to make it happen. Gurley had over 200 rushing yards last year and his price somehow went down. So I think that you can absolutely still fit him in. And I think that it's another pretty solid matchup. I mean, Gurley is literally first in opportunities per game in the league. He plays on the best offense in the league in terms of yards per game and they're second in total points scored. So you don't need me to say anything more there. We know Gurley's the play and that's exactly what you're trying to get in cash is that reliability. And part of it too is like Kamara's now sharing time. His matchup's not that great. McCaffrey's matchup's not that great. I think that makes them intriguing tournament plays because rational coaching would tell us that those offenses should target them a ton in the passing game, but we don't know that that's going to happen for sure. So now we're looking at the Sony Michelles of the world as like you're kind of second tier guys. And so that again is another reason why Todd Gurley, I think you just absolutely lock in. You don't think twice about it and you go from there. Yeah. The thing with Gurley is he costs a little bit more, maybe a lot more, but he's like getting two great running backs exactly. in one slot. You're adding exactly. a running back exactly. slot. And so far this year, you have never been disappointed in a cash game that you played Todd Gurley. Who's your cheaper Yeah, option? so that's going to be Corey Clement. And I actually do like with uh, more recent news, I like a guy that I think you're going to be talking about. I'm going to tease this for the end of the show that's a little bit cheaper. Uh, but when I was writing this article, I do like Corey Clement. Uh, kind of a theme that I'm going to have with this show is, and Meany talked about it a little bit earlier, I like the Eagles in this spot a lot. The Panthers defense, who you know on paper you kind of think of as this really good defense, they haven't been that this year. They've been pretty mediocre or average at best, especially against the pass. We know Corey Clement can catch some passes. Sproles has been hurt. There's no Jay Ajayi. So at only $4,700, Corey Clement, who's averaging 12.8 opportunities per game, which, you know, nothing to sneeze at. And that's with Jay Ajayi playing a lot this year. Clement also, as we've seen, not only this year, but last year as well, when Blunt was still on the team, he gets a lot of red zone looks and scores touchdowns for one of the best offenses in the league. Fully believe that Carson Wentz is 100% back, looks great. Meany already talked about that as well, hammered home those points. At home, I like Clement as a cheaper option. Yeah, I, I do too. In fact, when I built my lineup, I originally had Corey Clement in it. I saved some money elsewhere, and I was able to upgrade slightly. But I do like Corey Clement. I think he's going to be a really good, uh, you know, points per thousand dollars spent uh, on both platforms. Okay, here is if I look, if there's a trap out there, it has to be this next player because I feel like there's never been a more no-brainer pick <laughs> in the history of everything. <laughs> like you have, there's just no way this one fails. So I, I mean, at all. Meanie, tell me the wide receiver that is the clear-cut number one and nobody even sniffs 
number one this week. Yeah, I won't even spend too much time on it, but I just wanted to hammer home the fact that there's no Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Adams, Doug Baldwin, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, A.J. Green, Julio Jones, Edel Beckham Jr. Those are some studs that you're not going to be able to play in the main slate. Like, those are some studs. So it's okay to spend up for a guy like Adam Thielen, and it's okay for it to be chalk. Like, we've talked about this before on the show over the past couple of years. Like, it is all right to play chalk, especially in cash. It's fine. And for Adam Thielen, I mean, he's, he set an NFL record, 100 yards in every single game to start the season. He leads the league in receiving yards. He leads the league in targets and in catches. You go back to last season, he had at least five catches in his first 13 games. He has just been unbelievable for the past couple seasons. He's locked in in the slot, and Kirk Cousins just goes his way all the time. So it obviously is a no-brainer. Go ahead and pay up for him. If, you, you know, if you're playing in a, a lot of lineups, you can pay up for both backs. There are certainly ways, and if you have the ultimate DFS pass in my articles and Ben's articles, for some value to be able to play Zeke and Gurley. But if you want to go elsewhere in other lineups, you can do this with Thielen. And then there's Robert Woods is just another guy who's kind of just floated under the radar a little bit as somebody who's pretty safe. He has at least five catches and 81 yards in his last five games. He's seventh among wideouts with 524 receiving yards. He's had seven catches in three of his last four games and at least 87 yards in four of his last five. And, you know, with Cooper Cup out, he's probably going to run a little bit more plays in the slot, which is just, you know, much like Thielen, there's some safety there with playing these slot wideouts. And the San Francisco 49ers have just struggled against the pass all year, 26th against the pass, according to Football Outsiders. So uh, I like this a lot. And the main slate, too, when you eliminate all these teams, I mean, Woods jumps out at you as a top 10 wideout this year, for, for this week. For me, that's, that's how what- I'm ranking well, what's what's crazy is I feel like, uh, you know, if you had all the other teams in the slate, I've got Adam Thielen as my number one wide receiver regardless. Right. And, and then, I've, you know, Robert Woods is, you know, a top ten option. So I, 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 I really love those. Can you beat them, Ben? Well, it's a little weird for me on this one because I love the slot receivers, but I'm talking about two alpha um, you know, prototypical outside wide receivers here that are both similarly priced, Alshon Jeffrey and Kenny Galladay. I'm continuing the theme with the Eagles. When you go look at the Panthers, cornerbacks and safeties, like they're not scary at all. And Alshon's seen at least eight targets in all three of his games. He's got three touchdowns in those three games, 14th in targets per game in the whole league. Super solid there. So love this matchup. And, you know, we're talking about Thielen, who's Obviously, the lock 13.5 targets per game is 1.5 more than the next closest receiver for Thielen. He leads the league in targets, receptions, receiving yards, which is amazing. But I like being able to go from $8,600 all the way down to $6,300 for Jeffrey in a great matchup, I think. And then the other one who's a bit cheaper than that is a guy that's been amazing this year. And I think that uh, to to I mean his price has gotten up there now, but to a certain extent, I still don't think we're kind of um, you know talking about how good this guy can be all the way, and especially with the Lions coming off a bye that's happening. That's Kenny G. I mean, this dude is a freak. He's oh, a stud. So They're sweet. playing Miami. Miami so does sweet. not really scare me. Yes, Xavier Howard's there, but Galladay can beat anybody. And in this Lions passing offense. Look, Theo Riddick might not play, and that's going to help some other guys too that we'll talk about. But I think it helps every pass catcher in this offense. Galladay has like wide receiver overall one upside on the week. He's averaged 8.2 targets per game. I talked about not being scared about the Dolphins' defense. They're 24th in passing yards per game allowed. Super excited about Galladay this week, as I think we all should be most weeks moving forward at that 6,000 price. 
I agree that he is great, but I will say this. If you told me I have to pick one between Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, I'm picking Kenny Galladay. But it's not a home run for me. If at the end of the week Marvin Jones has the better week, sure. I am not going to be surprised in the slightest. Going forward, it'll be, you know, maybe 60-40 Galladay as far as who finishes with the better week. I'm personally a bigger fan of Marvin Jones down at $4,900. Seems like a steal uh, if you want to be able to pump up Adam Thielen and get Jared Goff and, and uh, get Todd Gurley, those other expensive options. All right, let's pivot over to tight ends and uh, quickly wrap up tight ends and defenses here for the cash games. Meany, give us two. Yeah, I'll go with uh, David Njoku, and Ben was on this last week. He was in both of our articles, and what I've noticed in the three games that Baker Mayfield has started, Njoku has just been – he's been the number one option, at least – Efficiency-wise, other guys are, are dropping balls and not catching balls, but Njoku has at least seven targets, five catches, and 52 yards in those three games. Last week, 12 targets and seven grabs were a season high for him. He scored his first touchdown. We nailed that. 46 targets, the fourth most at the tight end position, and going up against the the Bucks, this is the best matchup in, in all of football. They're allowing the most fantasy points to tight ends at 16.9, 486 yards allowed, the second most, uh, at least 44 yards in every single week, right? You can go through it. I mean, Hooper, 971 in a touchdown last week. Burton had 86 in a touchdown. Vance McDonald had 112 in a touchdown. Ertz had 11 and 94 yards against them. Um, so feeling pretty good about Njoku. And then for the defense, uh, I'll lean Jacksonville. I know they're very expensive on both sides. I believe they're number one. And certainly they are in DraftKings. Uh, you know what? It's This defense has been it, it's certainly not as close to what we saw from them last year. They're not getting after the quarterback. They only have 14 sacks. I think this time last year they, they had more than that for sure. Uh, only three interceptions. They've got spanked in back-to-back games on the road. Now they return home in what is a really good matchup for them. Houston struggling on offense have allowed the second most sacks in football the most hits nobody's been hit more than Deshaun Watson so far this year the line has not looked good and he's thrown an interception in every single game this year so I look for Jacksonville's defense to get back on track it's probably more of a a contrarian play in tournaments because people don't really want to spend up on a defense uh, in tournaments especially one that's not playing up to their level but I I think they'll be strong this week yeah it's ironic that game seems like it could really turn into a an absolute cluster which is great for the defenses Ben why don't you start there because I know you're on the other side of the ball (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like the Texans on the other side of the ball. Uh, as we know, Fournette's still injured, and it's Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles can be really good, or he can be really bad. He's tied for the league lead in interceptions with eight this year, and the Texans' defense burned me a couple times earlier in the year. It looks like they're starting to play a little bit better, and yes, a matchup against the Bills is going to help that, but a couple other pretty solid performances as well. And on DraftKings, they're $2,800 in a game that should be good for defenses, so Um, That's kind of ultimately the main reason I love the price there. And then let me be really clear about this. For the second week in a row, the play is David Njoku. Mm -hmm. But if you do have the money to to pay up, because Njoku is $4,200. I mean, come on. But if you do have the money, you can't go wrong with Zach Ertz, obviously. It's like me and Meany are flip-flopping this week because I know he always (laughs) talks about Ertz. Uh, But Ertz is sixth in the entire league in targets per game. Panthers defense, not super scary. Wentz is going to throw, uh, you know, three touchdowns uh, more than likely, I think. So Ertz is going to get his again, and you can't go wrong there if you have the salary. And he hasn't been cash. affected, Ben, either from, you know, the addition of Alshon Jeffrey. Like, his, his, he still has 34 targets, 27 catches over those last three games, and that that's pretty solid for the tight end position. 
Yeah, and you want to talk about super consistency. I mean, literally, he's seen at least nine targets in every game this year. He's went to so, one, yeah. yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get over to the tournament plays, the diamonds in the rough. Before we do that, want to thank the sponsor of the Fantasy Footballers DFS show, Pristine Auction. If you're new and you haven't heard of Pristine Auction, they are an unbelievable place to get signed authentic signatures of our favorite sports heroes on cool memorabilia. Our studio is decked out. We have dozens of signed jerseys. We got Kareem Hunt up on the wall right now signed. And the reason you can get dozens, literally, you could take your your man cave, your cool place where you're watching, your office, wherever, you could get these jerseys for like sometimes under $50 signed, which is ridiculous because you can't buy the jersey without the signature for that price. So (laughs) it's an auction system. You don't pay unless you completely win the item. So you can bid on anything left, right, or center at a price you like. And then if you win it, you steal it. And so you got (laughs) to check it out. Uh, Head on over to Pristine Auction. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. Make a completely free account. And when you do it, let them know that the fantasy footballers sent you. And uh, just a reminder to everybody, if you're playing FanDuel, DraftKings, uh, go to FanDuel and DraftKings.com uh, slash ballers. Use the promo code ballers to sign up. You will get a bonus for using that code, and it helps support our show. So we appreciate it. Let's get to the GPP. <laughs> You down with GPP? All right. Starting off at quarterback, Chris, who are you taking to win a tournament? So, you know, you're right with Michelle and probably the game script of what's going to happen. And, you know, the reason I was so interested in Michelle is because I do feel like there's some guaranteed touches and his prices is, is dropped down a little bit. But I'm really interested in Tom Brady, uh, you know, this week, especially after seeing Brock Osweiler throw for almost 400 yards and three touchdowns against the Bears last week. Now, I know Chicago, they're going to return home, and, and the defense is going to be much better. But, you know, there's there's a little bit of a price discount on DK for Brady. And you see on FanDuel, I, sometimes I like to pay up for a quarterback, and I feel people may be off of them. They're going to see Chicago. They're going to see one of the, the highest-ranked defenses in football, can get after the quarterback, Cleo Mack. They see some of the struggles that Brady has had on the road. Maybe they don't want to spend up for him. He's the most expensive quarterback on FanDuel, and I just want to jump all over that. He's averaging 8.4 yards per pass attempt over his last three games. I know there are soft matchups, but still – he totaled 955 yards over that span with seven touchdowns. Uh, so I, I just – all of his weapons, you see a guy like Josh Gordon, 64 snaps was was the most he's played. He's starting to get integrated into this offense. And there's just other weapons here, uh, obviously, that Tom Brady has that, uh, you know, his arsenal is just through the roof. He can go to any anybody, and it makes everyone else in this offense hard to play. But I want to have Brady because I know he can get his. And then the other quarterback, Ben already touched on him. I really like Joe Flacco this week. He can save a lot of cash. As Ben likes to say, hit him high, hit him low. It's much like his thought process with C.J. Beathard is for Joe Flacco. And, you know, he's throwing the ball 264 times. It's second most. This is the second highest total on the main slate. The Saints are brutal against the pass. And Flacco, for the first time in a long time that I can remember, has some weapons and three wideouts who can catch and who can play in a strong run game and a very strong defense, even though it is against the Saints. Yeah, no, I mean, Flacco, who wants to start Flacco? But the matchup is great, and he's been <laughs> right. a lot Nobody. better. That's why it's a good tournament play. Uh, now, the next guy, Ben, are you worried at all about the ankle 
for your guy Baker Mayfield. I am a little bit, and I, I really am realizing that I'm kind of falling into this where I'm talking a lot about him on this podcast, and I don't want to do that because I don't like to get stuck in take lock and, oh, no, this is going to be the week, this is going to be the week, uh, because I did kind of find that game intriguing last week with the Chargers, and it really didn't end up being that way. But I do think that if there was ever another game to consider him, it's this one against this awful Buccaneers pass defense that's literally dead last in passing yards allowed per game and dead last in pass DVOA. We're talking up in Joku. Landry's got to get it together at some point. Callaway's getting all these targets. We know that he has the 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 talent to put it together one of these weeks, and in this matchup, maybe this is the week. So I am still interested in Baker Mayfield. Uh, but the other guy too. The, yeah, the ankle. The ankle worries me a little yeah. bit with Baker, and so does. And I know this is maybe a little too narrative street, right, for the for the DFS focus. But whenever a team fires its OC or fires its DC, mm, yeah, yeah, sometimes okay. they they rally. And and you know, Mike Smith let go from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers about time. Yeah, um, right. you know, Ego. does that defense rally and surprise? And if there's an ankle and Baker can't scramble, I'm a little bit worried there. I do, however. Love your next quarterback. Tell us who it is. Yeah, so here we go. So I'm getting more excited about this one, and it's Matthew Stafford. The Detroit Lions offense is one of my favorite for fantasy, and it's been for years. And we touched on it at the beginning of the podcast, all of the really good offenses for the second week in a row that are not on this main slate. And obviously that's what we're focusing on. And on top of that, the Lions coming off of the bye. In tournaments, you know, Jason, you explained it a little bit earlier, like, you are trying to find any leverage you can in tournaments. And so I just think on the road, um, coming off the bye, kind of the forgotten about team, the Lions are a good offense to attack in tournaments this week. And so that would lead you to Stafford and stacking him with whoever your favorite pass catcher is. This Dolphins pass defense does not scare me. Stafford has the chance to go off in this game, and he has the chance to go off at a pretty low ownership percentage at the same price as Baker Mayfield, $5,800 on DraftKings. I like that a lot. All right. Uh, at the running back position, Meany, this running back scares me a little bit. because McCaffrey? The, the McCaffrey scares me because for tournament play, mm -hmm. he's he's got the bad matchup, which you're hoping makes him unowned, you know, so that, hey, maybe that's the reason why you're going to have him and others don't. But he's still Christian McCaffrey, which means <laughs> a lot of people are going to have him. Yeah. So why, where does he fit in to, to really destroy the Eagles? It's, it's just through the air and his explosiveness. And so I'm going to talk about a couple backs who, you know, are involved heavily in, the, in their passing game and they can rack up a few yards. Obviously, you're going to get the, the full point on DraftKings for catches. And you're right. The matchup is not great. The Eagles allowed the fewest rushing yards per game last season, the second fewest this year. But where they've struggled over the past couple of years is tackling and against running backs who can catch. So they've allowed the fourth most catches to backs game so far this season last week the Giants had 11 catches obviously it was a lot from Barkley it was nine but 11 total catches and then the Titans in week four Lewis and Henry combined for 11 catches as well against this team so they've struggled with running backs who you know catch the ball out of the backfield it's, it's just that simple their secondary has not been great a lot of teams won't really run on them because of that and McCaffrey is coming off a bit of a down week a stinker really where he didn't do a whole lot so yeah I do think people will be off of him but if you watch that game last week and Barkley is is in a whole nother world he really is but 
he was explosive after the catch and the Eagles were, were struggling to bring him down. And, and McCaffrey has played a league high 95% of his team's snaps. So I feel pretty confident he's yeah, going to be on the, on the field a it's, time. It is interesting because when you go and look at the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, week by week, Atlanta week one, Devonta Freeman gets injured, you know, early in that game. They lose him. Tampa Bay week two. You, you've got... Oh no, here comes Peyton Barber, Indianapolis week three with all of their running backs yeah. injured and figuring it out. Tennessee, they don't even know how to run the ball. Right. Did Derrick Henry sucks. Uh, Moving <laughs> on. Uh, you know, and and then they stopped Minnesota, who has been putrid in the run until they faced the worst run defense in Arizona. So uh, it'll be interesting. I, I would be worried uh, in a tournament play a little bit. But you guys are truly the expert. Now, this other guy, this uh, this next guy, I can get behind. That I have? Or yes, that so, you oh, have. Yeah, on James White. Yeah. I mean, I, like both of these backs, obviously, I talked about Michelle earlier, but White has obviously done most of his damage through the year. But the fact that he has at least 37 rushing yards in three of his last four games is just a nice little al- added element there. There's a, a tiny little floor, but also 31 targets and 23 catches over the last three weeks. And, and both Michelle ha- and White have been productive, so they're not really taking too much away from each other. I mentioned all the red zone opportunities for Michelle on the ground. Well, White leads the team with nine red zone targets, so he's involved as well. And it's a good stack. I, I mentioned, do you, can you trust Gordon Hogan? Gronk has been pretty quiet. Uh, you know, sometimes Dorsett just kind of sprinkles in games here and there. James White and Tom Brady is a pretty decent stack. I mean, five total touchdowns, four of them have been through the air for White. So Yeah, when you get a full PPR, uh, you know, over on DraftKings for a guy that could catch 10 passes out of the backfield uh, you can't in the first half yeah right you can't you can't hate that all right ben make me sad make me the jordan <laughs> howard believer well, sad. i want to keep you know going with this pass catching trend and I, I wasn't a jordan howard guy and so i don't really see this as as being that reactionary even though uh you know it's kind of started to trend up pretty recently but Tariq cohen uh, this makes Tariq, a lot Tariq of sense cohen at only fifty one hundred dollars <laughs> Uh, has seen 17 targets over the last two weeks, has caught seven passes in both of those games. And against the Patriots, why would you go away from that strategy? You should keep doing that. Now, granted, we don't exactly know if that's going to happen, which is why Cohen is falling into the tournament picks here. But in tournaments, why not roll the dice, especially because now all of a sudden Allen Robinson's not practicing on Thursday? That's huge. And that can increase his upside a ton as well especially at this price tag of $5,100. So, Jason, I do apologize. So let me move yeah, forward thank here. You. I love it and <laughs> I hate it. Let's, <laughs> let's talk yeah, about let's, the Duke. Let's move forward. Now, I will you know, start off with this. I do not feel you know, very strongly about this pick, but it's not because of the player and it's not because of the matchup. That's why he's still interesting at only $4,000, Duke Johnson. The problem is Hugh Jackson is still talking about wanting to run the ball over and over and over, and Duke's not getting the amount of targets that he should get. But if we play just the game, which is a very dangerous game, but it's a game that you can play in tournaments, the assumption of rational coaching game. In this matchup, with some of the pass catchers in Cleveland, Richard Higgins, uh, you know, banged up and some of the other guys gone, it would make sense for Duke Johnson, who has been getting a little bit more playing time recently, and Carlos Hyde's playing time has been trending down a little bit to get Duke Johnson more involved. And when you look at Hyde and Chubb, who, yes, 
granted they're both involved and tournament running backs this you know this why this wouldn't be my first choice but if you're making multiple teams you want to get some exposure because you do want those guaranteed touches still however Hyde and Chubb are not seeing targets. They're just not. So when this backfield sees targets, and again, this is a game that can see them, it's going to be Duke Johnson. We know that he has the talent to have at least a couple blow-up games throughout the year, and this could be one of them at a cheap salary and at a very low ownership percentage. Yeah, I feel like the only way Duke Johnson's really going to pay off is if because he, he, I don't see him having a blow-up game. You know, last week was his best week, four receptions, 73 yards through the air. And it's like, eh, sure. it wasn't bad, but it's not great to win a tournament. The only way that's going to pay off is if he allows you to pick the right monsters who cost a lot. Yes. Um, y- yeah. I mean, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a Browns hater, although I do love Njoku. So <laughs> as long as you're in Njoku, not, I'm all good, uh, Jason. <laughs> Uh, hey, speaking of hating the Browns, let's talk about another guy I'm not so sure on. Meany, convince yeah, me of Jarvis say, Landry. How do you feel about Jarvis Landry? <laughs> um, you know, I wasn't going to you know, talk about Landry. There's a couple guys I'll, I'll bust out quickly after. But, yeah, for Landry, this is more of what have you done for me lately. Pretty quiet. I don't see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I understand, you know, the defensive change, uh, you know, coordinator. I just don't see how they can – stop Landry and just this defense has been just so bad allowing the second most yards per game, the most passing yards per game, the most points overall per game. Even if they shape up just a little bit, there's still going to be an opportunity there for Jarvis Landry for some targets, 67 targets ranked sixth in football. And then a couple wideouts that I, I just, I'd like to take some of these shots in tournaments, some guys that, you know, go down the field and the A dot is huge. And you mentioned John Brown being your start of the week. I mean, why not? 19.7 A dot average depth of target ranks first among wideouts with at least 15 targets this year. He has 40% of his team's air yards, which ranks fifth in football. He also leads the league in targets on throws 15 yards or further down the field. I already mentioned the Saints is struggling. They've actually allowed the most fantasy points to wideouts and the third most passing yards. And then I'm sure if Ben's going to play C.J. Beathard, he's going to want to get himself a little Marquise Goodwin in there as well because I like his point about the Rams scoring at will, getting whatever they want at San Fran, having to play a little bit of a catch-up game. Goodwin is is he's your typical tournament DFS guy. He's very boom or bust. And what has he done for the first five? Nothing. He hasn't even been really been on the field. And he looks healthy last week. He only catches four balls, but it goes for 126 yards. He finds the end zone twice. We all know how fast he is. The A dot also very high, 15.1. Um, that ranks inside the top five as well. So it's just a decent matchup. And you know, surprisingly, the Rams have allowed. You know, the, it's a top 10 matchup in terms of fantasy in a full point PPR. They've allowed a lot of just big plays. Now, part of that was that big shootout uh, against Minnesota, but uh, it's not a bad spot and somebody that's pretty cheap and I just wouldn't trust really in cash. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, ben, I like both of yours. There's one that I, I, I really love the idea. Give us your first one here. Nice. Yeah, because this is what gets me really fired up in tournaments, because this is how you need to think. And this is how you need to win tournaments. My favorite way to do that is to look at spots that offenses that you think are going to have really good games. And I've already talked about uh, multiple times. I think that's the Eagles. So you kind of go through their weapons and you you want to find somebody that's on the field, that's always involved, but that's just kind of boring and that hasn't really blown up lately. And that guy to me is Nelson Aguilar. So is this your guy, Jason, or is it the other one? It's actually the other one. That's a, that's a good point for Nelson Aguilar. We do know that he can 
absolutely have huge blow-up games, but it's actually the next guy because of his matchup in tournament plays. Yep. Explain yep. to us why you're taking uh, a chalk pick in some respects with DeAndre Hopkins in a tournament play. This is why I love it, because you can look at that philosophy, the tournament philosophy from the Nelson Aguilar perspective, or as you're talking about, Jason, you can take one of the best players in all of fantasy and get them at a low ownership percentage because of the perceived matchup. We see it multiple times with uh, already this year with Odell Beckham, um, you know, in the bad matchups, those are the ones where he's actually had good games. And we see this all the time. This is where you want to attack. So DeAndre Hopkins is, yes, he's at Jacksonville. Yes, there's Jalen Ramsey. Uh, but I mean, look at what just happened last week. Like defenses can have letdowns. And I think that we need to stop looking at it always from the standpoint of, oh man, Hopkins has got a really tough matchup this week. And in tournaments, you want to ask yourself the question, but does Jalen Ramsey have a really tough matchup this week? And uh, the answer is yes. Nuke is one of the best wide receivers in the game. His volume is elite. His volume has been elite against Jacksonville. And at only $6,900, it's not like you're you know, having to pay a ton to go get him and take that contrarian chance. So those yeah. are the reasons why I'm in on Nuke. Yeah, he had a touchdown in both games versus Jacksonville last year. He's yeah. great. And this is one of those games, like, obviously you wouldn't want to uh, stack a, a defense of, you know, the, the Houston or Jacksonville with this. You're taking the shot that – because this is one of those games, Houston-Jacksonville, where I could see one of two things happening, right? It's just going to be a putrid game, poor offense, a lot of turnovers, Watson and, and Blake the Snake Bortles just – turn it over against good defenses that could happen but sometimes in games like this especially with Blake Bortles minus Leonard Fournette all of a sudden it could just turn into this crazy wacky you know a, a, a high scoring game back and forth and if that happens you're going to have DeAndre Hopkins go off so I, I really like that for a tournament play all right give me a tight end uh meanie yeah this you know, two tight ends I want to play is Njoku Nurse, but if you if you want to pivot off those guys, I mean, Eric Ebron is he's just someone who can just continue to score touchdowns. And what are we looking for from the tight end position? Like, obviously, he's not going to finish with 16 touchdowns this year, but he's got six and six games. Ranks first, obviously, of course, at the tight end position. It's was, it was pretty bleak, but seventh in yards, third in targets, fourth in catches. 15, 14 red zone targets, rather, the fourth most overall. Jack Doyle is out. I know T.Y. Hilton's going to be back, but Trevious White is, is legit. He's he's solid, and he's going to be on T.Y. Hilton. And Luck is throwing the ball more than anybody in football. His defense is not great. I know it's against Buffalo, and the, you know they don't even really have to step up to, to put up a performance against this Bills squad. But even still, Luck is going to continue to throw the football. So I, I don't mind Ebron, but again, I just – I really want to play Ertz, especially in tournaments. I feel like nobody's going to spend up for him. Yeah, no, I, I I could see that happening. What about you, Ben? Well, look, I didn't even put a player in the the show doc for tournaments, and this is why. I think it's in Joku or you're paying up for Ertz, and I literally am not that interested in that many other options. I did write about sure. another guy, but Jason, you're actually about to talk about him in a minute. So I'll leave it at that. Other than I'll throw out James O'Shaughnessy because we're talking tournaments. The the upside's not there, but at twenty six hundred dollars, nobody's probably is thinking about this guy. He's now the starting tight end because now Niles Paul is also out on top of Austin Safarian Jenkins there in Jacksonville. But again, I just want everybody to know, like my philosophy is in Joku Ertz are really bust this week. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll talk about one more option. What about defense? Who are you guys rolling with? 
Yeah, it's it's much of, you know, Texans and, and Jaguars. You know, I'll, I'll probably sprinkle in some Colts. I, I was kind of interested a little bit in the Ravens, and I know, whoa, against the most the highest-scoring team in football, there's no way. But, I mean, last week, 11 sacks, leading the league in sacks, 26. They've like, they, they haven't even allowed a touchdown in the second half yet this season, Baltimore. And Drew Brees is 0 for 4 in his career against the Ravens. It's the only team he hasn't beat. It's on the road. I understand it's, it's, it's a very scary matchup, and there's some guys in there, but – if you're just looking, like, who's that defense that can play at, you know, $2,600, I, I think that you could get behind uh, the Ravens' is, you know, some positive points. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. They're the best defense in the league right now. Right. I mean, there's, yeah. there's no doubt. Ben? Okay, yeah, and I think one of the uh, other defenses that has kind of had that title at times is the Vikings. I think we're still kind of – uh, remembering that awful Bills game, and that's kind of clouding who they are. But they've been a little bit better lately, and so just from a tournament perspective, they're playing the Jets. They are on the road, which I like to play players and defenses at home. But even though they're on the road, Sam Darnold, who has been a little bit better lately, still second most interceptions on the year. So you get a solid defense. I still believe that they are a be- a, a, one of the best defenses and are trending back in that direction. You can get them in a pretty good matchup at – a somewhat low ownership percentage because people are still thinking, wow, this is not the same team, and I don't necessarily agree with that. All right, let's get in to some of the fun stuff. The 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 I, I love these next two segments, mostly because I get to play along. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Stack attack. All right, the stack attack is here. I'm going to lead it let's off. Let's go. Yes. My stack attack is Jameis Winston – and O.J. Howard. You're not going to have to pay too much for either. And O.J. Howard is the tight end aforementioned that we were going to talk about. Look, on a on a on an average per game basis, O.J. Howard is the tight end six, and he missed basically a game with a knee injury. And he's a a, a freak of nature as a human. I, preseason, O.J. Howard to me was the one guy I kept going. Oh my goodness, who was that? Oh. Oh, that's OJ. Oh, who did? Oh, that's OJ. He's just doing what you saw his talent able to do. Jameis Winston hyper targets tight ends because of the injury, because of Cameron Bright. He's a little cheaper, and so I think you can. I think you can uh, roll with that stack uh, with against Cleveland, who you know historically has not been the best against tight ends. I mean, you're talking to one of the biggest O.J. Howard truthers out there. So I, I love to hear it. He's I amazing. love to hear it. Um, I'll just jump in real quick because I already talked about Nelson Aguilar. At only $5,000, love Wentz, think he throws three touchdowns. And if that's the case, especially when the target distribution is not that wide uh, with the injuries that they've had, you basically got Jeffrey Ertz and Aguilar as those main options. Maybe this is an Aguilar week. Maybe he catches two of those three touchdowns. And I like to think of my stack attack from a tournament perspective, because obviously you're trying to increase your upside by playing a stack. So maybe this is Aguilar's week, and I like that, especially with the affordability, the cheapest Aguilar's been all season in DFS. Sure thing. Meanie, who you got? You can go with any of those Eagles. I think that they'll be fine this week for you, Ben. Um, uh, Flacco and Brown, I just think they'll connect uh, on a couple deep shots, and it's very cheap, right? Like Flacco... On DK, $5,400. John Brown, $5,700. I mentioned just the depth of target between these two. Now, they haven't been hitting over the past couple weeks, but and and Brown has been fairly quiet. But you go back a couple weeks, he had 14 targets. So I feel like he's still the number one option. And last week, they really went at Butler. And I think a lot of teams are going at Butler. And it was Crabtree 
who ate him up, but I think they'll go back to John Brown here. All right. Well, prepare yourselves to lose to Starting me. to sweat. No. <laughs> DFS Battle Royale. Oh, the Battle Royale with cheese. Here's the deal. We've been doing a, a you know every Friday we do a DFS segment on our show. We're we're doing drafts. Uh, you know the Play Draft app. I am five and one, destroying Mike and Andy, and I'm just gonna bring that oh, here no. to you guys. So why don't you kick <laughs> us off? Tell me your lineup, Ben. We'll start with yours, and then we'll hear. We'll save the best for last. All right. Well, let's. Go. I don't even know why I have to say anybody else because I'm starting with CJ Beathard. So uh, championship. Woo. Uh, but what he allows me to do is play Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I've talked about my love for Kenny Galladay and Nelson Aguilar. My third wide receiver who I'm getting more interested in um, as the week goes on is Willie Sneed in oh, that yeah. good matchup because he's very cheap. So I'm going to throw him in there. I'm going to play David Njoku, obviously, and that's going to allow me – to throw the Eagles defense, not that it's my favorite play, but they're only $2,600 because what that allows me to do in the flex is play Sony Michelle, who I do think I'm with Meany, uh, kind of what he said earlier in the show before then he started changing to it's all Tom Brady. I like Michelle just from the standpoint that the volume and opportunity has been there and I love locking him in in a cash type game at only $5,500. So there you go. I even know why yeah, you guys would even need to say lineups, but I guess go ahead. <laughs> Gurley and Zeke is a force and, that I will destroy. All right, Meanie, what's yours? So I've actually done the, the same thing and have Gurley and Zeke as nice. well in my lineup. Uh, right. Joe Flacco is my quarterback. I get Alshon Jeffrey in there at wide receiver, John Brown as well. Jermaine Curse is somebody I'm interested in. Uh, Quincy Anunua is is not around. Robbie Anderson has not practiced. I don't think Terrell Pryor practiced either. Keep an eye on both of those guys, but Curse last week with with nine catches and 10 targets. He's only $4,100. And Joku is my tight end. And somebody we haven't talked about, and it's not that sexy of a pick. We've kind of actually just ripped him apart you know, numerous times oh, no. in this podcast. Is somebody I like a little bit more than you know Duke and a little bit cheaper. Checks in at thirty eight hundred dollars is Peyton Barber. Now I was completely wrong last week about Ronald Jones coming in and maybe taking some play away from Peyton Barber. That wasn't the case. It was all Barber. And and Cleveland has allowed the fourth most rushing yards per game, the seventh most fantasy points to running backs, and they rank twenty fourth against the run. And on this main slate alone, four point seven yards per carry allowed, which is the second highest on this slate. So I think Barber is just a Better lock or you know safer lock is just more touches than Duke, and then the Browns defense at twenty four hundred dollars. That Jameis is always good for a pick or two, and they still lead the league in takeaways. Yeah, Jameis is always good for a pick or two. That is absolutely <laughs> the truth. Hey, I, I like those going up against Gurley and Zeke. I you know I'm going to have a hard time with my lineup, especially Meany. I I really like a lot of the players you put in there. I am going with Todd Gurley as well. So listeners, take this for what it's worth. In a cash game. Uh, Gurley's kind of just like he's Todd freaking Gurley. You're not going to be mm-hmm. disappointed. I am stacking him with Jared Goff. Though I paid up for the stack. Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, I love them. And some of the cheaper options I put around them, my start of the week at the running back position, I believe the breakout <laughs> is coming this week for Carrion Johnson, hey. only $4,500 if Theo Riddick happens to miss. Even if he doesn't, Carrion got the start last week before the bye and uh, then he went out, unfortunately, early in that game, wasn't able to continue his domination. I love Jermaine Curse at $4,100. Are you kidding me? In a full-point PPR, he's going to have 
you know, enough points to be relevant for $4,100. Marvin Jones, I talked about it earlier, the price difference between uh, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, so I'm going that direction. I have to have Adam Thielen in my lineup. He's locked and loaded. I am pairing O.J. Howard, my uh, my stack attack tight end. And then I was able to afford, with all that money left over, Alex Collins, who I think will, the offensive line versus the defensive line, I know New Orleans hasn't given up a lot to running backs, mostly because they give it up through the air, but the offensive-defensive line matchup just looks so juicy for Collins this week, and he got the volume last week, and I'm going with that Texans defense. So that'll round out my Week oh, 7 winning roster. When the OG on <laughs> Johnson truther tells us all that it's the week for him, you listen. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I, I, I will I be planning it. accordingly. Thank you, sir. Get on board. And hey, everyone, thank you for listening to the Fantasy Footballers DFS show with the best in the business. As a reminder... You can check out the Ultimate DFS Pass at DFSPass.com and use the hey, the promo code I made expires this week So because I didn't get permission. So it's Jason. <laughs> it's 15% off. Check it out. If you're playing on DraftKings, if you're playing on FanDuel, use the promo code BALLERS to make sure you get an extra bonus when you sign up for your deposit. Any parting words, gentlemen? Get that money. Yeah, yeah. go get that money. Have a good week. Best of luck in your matchups. I have a strong, strong feeling that this week you're all going to be winners because you listened when Jason hosted. Have a good one, everybody. Listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.